0: And then it was like, ah, oh, you can swipe, but only in this way, this direction, or this way. And then it was like, only if they're the same kind of monster. Because okay. before it was like, yeah, it's like, okay, so now I'm. And, you're like, oh, and, and then it became you can got some spells that you can manipulate the grid in right. to move things around to get them into orientations which you can swipe them. And then it was like, why don't we just take out the swipe? Right. 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 And then it just sort of happens and then it's like, oh I've made a match 3. Like <laughs> I designed this new game.
1: It's called Match 3. Hi everybody. This is Soren Johnston and you're listening to Designing Notes, a podcast about why we make games. Today, we are talking to independent game developer, Luca Redwood, known for his work on 10 million, you must build a boat and photographs. This episode was recorded March 18th, 2019 and was engineered by Michael Hermes. The way I usually start is what's, what's the, your first memory of video games? Like when did they
0: first come into your life? So I think my, the first system, I remember is a uh, spectrum. spectrum spectrum okay all right back, back because...
1: in back in the 80s yeah like
0: all that, that far back okay late eighties, early 90s I think right. okay and uh, I think we' first... would have been getting
1: a little old at that point when it did it... hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. so was like kind of a Commodore
0: 64 equivalent is that right yeah yeah I think maybe we were just behind the times in, in the UK or maybe it's a bit cheaper right uh, to get some old polar tech yeah I remember a game called invincible Island Okay. What is, was... It was like? It was like a text adventure. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I looked up some Spectrum game recently. You know, got emulator, all that sort of stuff. Right, man. The rose tinted glasses on, <laughs> on, on, on 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 that stuff it is is real. It's a problem. No. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I mean, what was
1: like? Was there one game that would have stood out to you that like, you know, like, inspired you the most
0: back then, or? I'd say when I really started getting into games, that was the next generation. That would have been okay. the, the Amiga. Okay, Five hundred, I think yeah. I, I had. had. I had Amiga five hundred. It's a good machine. Mm. And yeah, I played. I think now nowadays I have more of a like a I like strategy games and this kind of game. I think those days you just played everything, right? Because there right. was there was, was less games. Whatever came out. Yeah. Whatever, whatever came out. Yeah. I, I remember Rebel Assault, mm-hmm. which was like a little fly up. Yep. Um, there was one uh which was probably my favorite called Morph. Um, Moth. Morph? Morph. Like morph, mm, like it was like a, a puzzle platformer. Okay. And you sort of you you uh, you could control your character and you could change between like a solid block of steel or a air or water or something. Oh wow. And then you it's had to change, right? Mm, and then you had to sort of like, okay, well I need to get up here. So I need to change into some air. So right. then I'll get up here. So then I can push this off, but I need to change from it's very heavy, so I need to be steel, so they push it off. And then it was like a puzzle game of, right. uh, of doing that. And I, that was, I think that was my favorite game right. back then. And it was all, it was a nice mixture of strategy, or, you know, a puzzle, sure. but some platform things. Twitch platformers, I'm not so good at. Right, sure, sure. Did you guys have consoles over there, or was it most <sighs> I think all my friends games? at the time I was on the Amiga. What's that? Was that Mega Drive or SNES? I think I didn't. I didn't have one of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then after that, the first console I got was PS One. Right. Which obviously was one of the best systems ever made. Right. <laughs> okay. What well, we're, were the games that you were really into? <sighs> when oh, uh, I, would, I would obviously go for the two greatest games of all time. Okay. All right. Uh, Sui Coden One and Sui Coden Two. <laughs> okay,
1: both of them. Yeah. I'm not actually very familiar with those games at all. I've heard the names, but.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, well, I guess these days standard JRPG fair. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had a, a bit of story. RPG stats. Right. I, I love stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some way to max out your stats and sort of beat the system. And to be honest, that is kind of my brand, is games that mix you, a little bit of everything. Okay, sure. Right. Um, Did it have some other aspects or was it like... Yeah, like it kind of like various mini games in it so you had to when I mean, you can see where the inspiration for that you must build a boat comes from because in those series you do have to gather in this game it's 108 it's a bit bigger scale than mine sort of friends that can come live with you and mm-hmm. then uh provide you some bonus maybe there's some mini game that you can do or uh right or maybe one's a blacksmith and you know that sort of stuff okay so like
1: the crew that you you know comes mm. along on your boat or, or yeah whatever, essentially
0: yeah so okay. it's similar to that and uh I think they did a three, and they went three D, which I wasn't that into. Right. But I think I was just being a snob, so I'm okay. probably going to go back to it.
1: All right, were you? Uh, so, how did games fit into your, the rest of your life at this point?
0: Like, was it one like, of your major interests, or like? I would say major interest. Yeah. Yeah, I spent probably spent most of my free time free time playing video games. Right. Never was particularly good at sports or, oh. or <laughs> any of those ki- ki- kinds of things. Right. Um. So you were you I am from a family of five okay and uh we just had the computer so we actually had to have a, a, a rotor a scheduler when sharing. you'd get your, your your two hours on the computer and then you'd have to yield to someone okay and you, you know you could sort of make an offer can I, can I have this session and I'll swap this thing out for you right uh so I t- you tended to stay up quite late because I think after 10 p.m it was like the rules are suspended, it, it's anyone's game. Okay. So if you're on a 1001, you're golden for the rest right. of the night. I was also
1: asleep, yeah. I'll just, like, do whatever I can. Okay, were you the one who was, like, most into games, sort of? Or yeah, like...
0: I think so. Yeah. Uh, even I enjoyed making games back then as well. Like, yeah. I did it in Q-Basic. Okay. I was that good at it. But... Yeah, I was
1: going to ask if you were learning to program mm. this time.
0: So yeah. what were you What were you trying to do? Uh... uh Maybe because a lot of what I knew from back then was like sort of text adventure stuff Plus it's one of the easier things to make Right Right Mm -hmm. I did a a bunch of uh, text adventures I think when I was in high school, early high school, I made a game called Killer Wabbits. Right uh, Which was like a text adventure Which in retrospect wasn't very good but I was very proud of it at the time Sure, right Um But yeah I, I, I think I stopped making games after sort of high school, uh, I think that in, at least in my mind, you know, what's that thing they say? You know, you're conscious, you're, you're not aware of your own uh, ability, is, is bad, right? right? And then you have it. Then you're aware that you're rubbish and that's not a good place to be. Right. Then you're good, but you don't know it or something, and then you're unconsciously. Right. I can't remember what the name of the curve is. Right. Well, but I,
1: the basic idea is like when you you're really into games, but you're totally aware that like the games you're making are right like not good at all. Yeah. So it
0: kind of discourages you. Yeah, right. and I, I think I hit that point. I think at that point I thought, yeah, you know, compared to everything else, oh, the stuff that I'm doing, yeah, is rubbish. Yeah. Uh, did you like dream of making games though? Like I did. That- yeah, I'd always wanted to do it. So my story is that um, when I made my first proper game, which was 10 million. I did it when my wife was pregnant okay so it's on like a nine month deadline because i thought this is my this is my last shot all oh, right, right i'm gonna have kids I'm and gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be really busy i'm not okay gonna so have, i'm p- not gonna be making games in my
1: spare time so but before this how old were, would you have been like at this point so then i would have been like a uh, mid early 20s okay mm. um and so during this period of time when like you like kind of mess around with games assume you were like a teen, yeah yeah. So I'd be, I'd be play, yeah yeah and so you kind of mess around with games some so but and then you stopped. Yeah, I think my identity at that point was gamer. Yeah, just right? gamer. Yeah. But you must have always had in the back of your mind. Like, I'd like to do that one day, but I don't have
0: what it takes. Okay. Right. And you
1: never really tried again until this period. Yeah, no? I think so. Wow. Okay. Well that's that's impressive that you kind of like thought you know, you kept it around, and then actually, did you actually really tried for it? So, so you're like, okay, I'm. Going well, to do I had never this
0: expected game. it to work, but I wanted to be able to say, <laughs> you know, on my deathbed, I probably wouldn't have cared that much at that point. But you know, I gave it an honest shot. Right. I, I gave my everything. It didn't work out, but you know, okay, I, at least right. I tried. Why did you want to make a game? Because I'm pretty passionate about games. And that's mm-hmm. what you put in your CV, or something, if you're applying to a games company. I'm passionate about games. But you know, I, right. I'm a gamer. Uh, I. I like playing games. I like the, the breadth of experience you can have. I like how you can connect people. I call it stuff. I'm really interested in it. So, of course, yes, I want to be a part of it. Okay. Um, but, I mean,
1: like, lots of people like to play games, mm-hmm. right? But, like, developing games is kind of, like, a different... Like, it's right. it pulls on a different aspect of yourself.
0: Well, I didn't know that at the time. Okay. And I, I don't think people did. Like, people say to me, oh, you must... Play loads of video games. I was like, no, I have no time to play video games <laughs> right, these true. days. They're, they're few and far between. Right. Uh, but I didn't know that time. That time, I was more like, I hate games. I love games. Yeah. I can make. I can make games. Okay. Well So you just felt the pull. Felt basically. the pull. Yeah. 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 Okay. So your wife was pregnant, mm. and you had
1: night. You decided the pregnancy was a perfect time to make a game. Oh well, I, it was the last. The last. <laughs> because the once chance. the baby is mm. there. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you had the real deadline. Yeah. <laughs> i think i went over by one one week actually okay <laughs> could have been interesting but, well week. i had a, i had two weeks paternity leave okay from oh, work sure. right. so uh yeah, yeah yeah it went slightly over
1: okay what like what was your like regular job
0: uh software developer at some oh okay so finance did you, company
1: did you study computer science
0: study computer science
1: at okay. university okay did you do that partially thinking that like you could make games with it
0: i thought it would have been nice right but it, Again, it's I I I'd, I'd looked up stuff like in the intervening intervening time. Yeah, uh, and it was all very complicated. I'm like there's a lot of math, which I'm not great at. Like you looked up like 3D graphics. Yeah, and I was like, this like, is like, this is way beyond me. Yeah, uh, and a lot of it still is. To sure. sure. Right. Um, but part part of the reason I can do it now is that the tools have got a lot better, sure. and you can be less good and get away with it yeah yeah for sure um
1: okay but you didn't like you, gra- you didn't like graduate and then apply it game companies you kind of just you no i, I mean I would, have, I would
0: yeah i would have been well below the bar okay. right, for even entry level i think right but you were a programmer and so you started doing work mm. as program- well i started in testing sure for four or five years i think like i graduated i did testing which i quite enjoyed actually okay uh and then i i should have programmed after that because Just change your scenery. Sure. More than anything. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So, you know, your wife got pregnant and you kind of felt like, okay, this would be my chance. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. like, what – tell us about, like, the very beginning. Like, you know you wanted to do it.
0: How did you decide what you wanted to do? So, there was a good – the years around that was around 2012. Right. It was like a – I think it was a golden period where the tools had got just good enough. Yeah. I could get away with it. Yeah. There was – the things like the, the App Store yep. had been out a couple of years now. It, it was a big place where you could get people to play your game. Right. Uh, but it wasn't so crowded that yep. you, were, you were completely uh, anonymous. So it was, it was... I think it, it I'm was, trying to remember if free-to-play games had taken over <laughs> iOS at that point, or if it was just starting to happen. Mm, yeah, I think, yeah, it was definitely... It was it was already on the downhill, Yeah, but it was still quite high up the mountain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> still a couple of years left,
1: right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, it just, it just seemed like the right time, and I did that, I think all, uh, I think people who play video games do, is play a game and think, oh, I could do better. Sure. You know, but na- yeah. naively. Yeah, no, well, that's, <laughs>
1: that's a good starting point for a lot of people, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, and so what was, what were you playing that you
0: thought you could do better? Well, nothing like what I made. Oh, okay, uh, all right. You know, um, so... I think back then what I was actually playing on. Because I also store.
1: would like to hear why you chose, like, the phone as opposed to, like, a lot of people at that point were choosing to make a game for Steam or whatever. Like no, was- that,
0: yeah, that dream seemed too big. Okay. Right, Steam, come on. Right, okay. okay. Uh, well, it did work out that way in the end, but, it, you, you know, you had to be chosen to be on Steam, right? Or is Apple, yeah uh, App Store, you could That's just true. submit it and, well, maybe they won't get featured Ooh. and they won't want see it or anything, but at least, hey, you, you've there. made a game. Yeah. Uh, so I chose something that 10 million was something that it was a bit of mass market appeal, though that wasn't really my goal, but it was sort of like a matching game to start with. Okay. But then, yeah, like I like RPG systems mixed into other games. Okay. And like I say, I say to people now, so what are what, what your games like? It's like, oh, it's like a matching game with some RPG elements. And they're like, oh, one of those. One of those. Right. right. But back then, this was like, it wasn't like the first thing, like Puzzle Quest, I've played a heap of that. Right. Uh, okay. and, you know that which is great um I think that was the only thing that really right I mean
1: gone, I' like assumed that was sort of the obvious comparison you know, mm. inspiration like you probably played puzzle Quest. yeah um, and uh, was that one that you like you saw it and you're like I can do things better no I don't no. think I didn't think I could do better than that not
0: okay <laughs> right. Part of the, the, the whole point I think at that time I was commuting into work right uh, and it was 20 20 minutes on the tube. And so I was playing quite a lot of phone games. Yeah, and it has to be something you can drop into and out of quite quickly. Right, it's quite entertaining. Yeah. And my biggest um, goal, and I think it did work, so sort of in the final pro- product was, even then, before I'd even had my kids, uh, time was like a premium. Sure. In terms of in terms of playing playing the games, and popular at that time were things like endless runners. Yes. Um, right. which which I played and enjoyed, but. I like to finish games, right? Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to make a game which had those elements of you can just you just dip in and dip out, mm-hmm. but every time you play, you're actually one step closer to something, to your goal, and, yeah. and to, to the end of the game. Right. So I got, I think I called it an ended runner was the term <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I, yeah okay. it was the term I was I was using for it because uh, that was that was what I wanted. I wanted a game I could dip in and out of, but I could finish and then right. move on to another game.
1: Okay. Okay, so that makes sense. So you like Endless Runners, but you wanted it to have some sort of purpose.
0: hm mm, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so then how did you go to, like, how did you get, like, the match three concept? Iteration.
0: Yeah. Really? I mean, what uh, did you do? Did the, you start
1: with something different?
0: Yeah. It basically, it was a d- different game when I started. In fact, I didn't want to make a match three. I was explicitly trying to avoid making a match three. <laughs>
1: well, you did a very bad job of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, um,.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I just iterated. So what did you start with? It started with, you know, you would have a, a grid, uh-huh. but it wasn't a matching game. You would like something like Fruit Ninja where you'd swipe to, do mon- to attack monsters, and then you could swipe certain lengths depending on what weapon you had. Okay.
1: Did you have the same concept? There were like, there were like two games going on no, at the same time? No, I didn't. Time? No, this was just like mm. you're, you're doing, there's a grid and you're doing stuff to attack yeah. monsters. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I just it, you know iterating, trying to find the fun. Okay. And every t- time I took a step close to the, the match three, right, it got a little more fun. Okay. And they, then there was this other sort of force tugging back, and I said, like, "No, you don't want to be making that. You want to be making something a bit different, you know." Yeah. How was your game like?
1: Slowly going towards match three, like without your intent. Like, can you be more specific about that?
0: So it became. It started. Yeah, you just had these monster on the grid that you'd then then swipe. And then it was like, oh, you can swipe but only in this way this direction or this way. And then it was like, only if they're the same kind of monster. Because okay. before it was like, yeah, it's like, okay, so now I'm and, like, oh, and, and then it became you can got some spells that you can manipulate the grid in right. to move things around to get them into orientations which you can swipe them. And then it was like, Why don't we just take out the swipe? Right. Right. And right. then it just sort of happens, and then it's like, oh, I've made a match three. Like, <laughs> I designed this new game. It's called match
1: three. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting how like, certain, certain things like grids kind of push games toward patterns like that. Well,
0: I think the – at least I have some design rules. Like, if you read a uh, you know, book of lenses. Yeah. i got this – like, my add-on lenses for the book, right, which is like input-output, which is for what player puts into the game. Mm-hmm. It puts n into the game, it should get n plus one out, oh. right? Okay. And, and match three has that built in because things can chain, right? And that's fun, right? And particularly with the way I did, with say, rather than just combo comboing stuff, you actually move an entire line, yes. And it's quite built in fun where you do something and thinking, I need to do this, and then actually you'd line up with three things. Right. And that feels good because you have a like, nice little surprise and yep. you've got much more than you bargained for.
1: Yeah. So I was going to ask because, yeah, I wanted to ask because, I mean, there have been so many match three games that it seems like it's treacherous to say anything as first, but I feel like this is the first time I saw a whole line move in a match so, three uh, game. So did I. Okay.
0: Mm. But I did some research before I s- find out if I could say that when I was sort of trying to right. spruik the game. Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. It was a game, it was like a PopCap game called Chuzzle. Yeah, where you could, you could slide. Okay. Uh, and similarly, there's a, a game called Dungeon Raid on iOS, which is yes. sort of like fighting. Right. It's like a match in fighting monsters in a dungeon, which I wasn't aware of. It's yeah. Like a, a month before release, and I felt pretty bad uh, <laughs> when I found that because I, I, I thought it was really good. Right. I really enjoyed it, and I thought I was doing something a bit unique. And
1: right, right. And I wasn't. Well,
0: there's something primal about match three. Like I kind of mm. suspect that like we
1: discover an alien, you know, like we discover an entire an alien race or we make contact and we discover like, oh, you have video games too. And like, like all their video games are different, except somehow they also <laughs> have match three games because yeah. like, it's just, it's like pi or something like that. Something yeah. that's just like going to be a constant wherever, wherever you go. Um, and uh, at least you did the research. So you didn't go around saying that like,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> you're the one who did it. But for sure, it wasn't, I would say it's, it wasn't like super common. Mm. So, like, for a lot of people, it probably was, like, the first time they'd experienced
0: Yeah, it. I think it was. And I think there's a lot of games like that now. Um, and, you know, I could complain. Right. So, how did you get... But so- I mean, you're on shaky ground if you say someone... If yeah. your games are match three and you say people are coughing you, I think.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, if, even if you didn't see it somewhere else, how did you come up with that concept of, like, moving the whole row or the whole column?
0: Like, uh, the, the, the row and the column thing was, yeah, for that reason, I was like, how can I maximize my output okay, right. for my input? I was like, I can do that, and I'll have unexpected, desirable events, and right. that will be fun. I and I, Well, and I think that will be fun. Sure. And then I just tried it. You just it's tried like, it. Hey, this, yeah, this works. It works, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, cool. The, um, the, the, the weirdest thing was the amount of times I split between real-time and turn based Oh, really? Mm. That's interesting. And that was, yeah, just a case of finding the fun. I, used to, I, I, was, I was leaning towards a turn-based game. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a sort of strategic sort of games, and then that, that's interesting for me. Um, switching to real-time, sometimes, depending on what other features sort of became dependent on it, right. sort of became more fun, and then I, f- I flipped back between the two.
1: Why would you flip back?
0: Because to flip to... The uh, real time it was basically I did it and it felt more fun right. to flip back would be because maybe ours was, was out of fear because I, I think that was uh, the main innovation but maybe it's a bit stretched to call it an innovation that 10 million had at the time right. it's, so like a, a real time time pressure sure. match 3 game um, and it was a bit more unusual and it, it just wasn't what I had in my head Sure. Uh, so I did have this dilemma of, well, it wasn't what I think I should make, but ultimately yeah. I think it is more fun.
1: Yeah, it's, there seems to be a theme here. are you know, like, I don't want to make a match three game. I don't want to make a real time game, but like the design led you a certain place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, maybe an important thing is that you were like willing to see the game that was actually there, you know, as opposed to like what you felt like you should make. Yeah.
0: Um, and I find that with most of my games, they end up nothing like what I originally intend them to be.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the real time is pretty interesting, and I was—I wanted to ask you because I was playing it recently. And you know, you do a—you know—you swipe one playway, and you know, you get this like, oh, I didn't even know I was going to get a match there. Mm. I got two matches, like, oh, that's cool. But I got one where you know I moved it, and there's like a little bit of a delay before like the blocks disappear mm. because I moved another one that. Because I moved them both at the same time mm. or close to it, it created this new new one, and I was like, I was like, it was almost like like, did I actually see that? Like, is that possible? Is that on?
0: You must build about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is what, one of the major-ish changes between the two. Yeah. Is that uh, but mainly because it was an easier implementation and I had way more constraints. Right. So in, in in ten million you would do a match and basically the game would say, all right, stop input. I'm not right. accepting any input. Yeah. And then I'm gonna do my thing, and I'll let you know when you're good to go. Right. Um, but it sometimes felt a bit janky because you'd be pressing on your screen you or your mouse, and nothing's working. So you must have as much more permissive system where basically everything has an idea of where it wants to be. Right. But then if you're pressing it down, it'll suspend any matching. Uh, you can exploit it a little bit if you sort of like you move something but far enough away that it's got to tween to its end position, then you quickly grab something from somewhere else. Right. You, uh, you can cheat, but...
1: I mean, is that cheating? I mean, uh, because, like, it's, you know, it's real time, so it's, like, hard enough to find matches. Yeah, is... well,
0: well, that was something I, I was worried about. Yeah. Uh, and then born out, no one cared. Probably right. no one, know- very few people noticed. Okay. And if they did, they didn't care. And the game was better with it. Right. I so mean, why not?
1: theoretically, the skill ceiling is like a lot higher now, mm. right? Because like that's a whole range of things you can do now that you couldn't do before. Yeah. Um, so, like, I saw it. And I was like, "That's cool," but then I was never able to
0: <laughs> do it again. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at it because so like hard. there's some like quests you have to do, yeah. which are quite difficult. So, say you have to get like a six in a row or something, which is incredibly difficult to happen naturally. Yeah. But if you can sort of exploit it, so you can cheat, right. uh, I, you mean, can, I, I can complete the game faster. Pretty much. Wouldn't you have to
1: do that to do six in a row, or am I not thinking about it
0: right? You'd have to chain. I don't think there is a six in no, a quest in the game, but if you did, right, okay. it is possible, because I, I had to localize the string for when it happens. So okay. possible. <laughs> and okay. then test that it, it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So so with uh, 10 million, it is 10 million, right? Mm, that's right. <laughs> Why no commas? Why no commas in the name? Because like, I look at it, and I'm like, is that 100,000? Is that 100 million? I'm not even sure what to call this game. So
0: the name uh-huh I think it is a great name <laughs> okay uh, so 10 million got his big break right like literally overnight success right uh, and all because the editor-in-chief of twitch arcade saw it pop up on this feed of games and thought well, what is that right right what sort of a name is that right uh, and he Looks downloaded like binary code it. Like- yeah he downloaded it maybe to take like the piss out of it I don't know right uh, he loved it to pieces like, I, literally overnight I'd woken up the next morning and, like, I did a big review on the, on the front page. He'd been on Twitter evangelizing this game. And then everyone had loads of emails, sort of like, can I have a review copy and that sort of stuff off the back of that? And then right. it all sort of snowballed from there.
1: Was that, like, right immediately after you released?
0: Yep. Because
1: it was just a brand new game at that point. So
0: I... I had
1: you tried to get a hold of him?
0: No, um, I didn't really know what I was doing back then. So sure. my plan was... I'll release the game and then I'll do the marketing. I know that that's not what you do these days <laughs> right. or even then. So I had actually gone out uh, for drinking for wetting the baby's head because I just had my kid. Yeah. So I was out with uh, some friends to celebrate, came back, woke up with a bit of hangover. The next day, and, like, I had loads of messages from my friends going, oh, you're on the front page of Touch Arcade, what's going on? Right. In fact, my wife woke me up and said, you've got a load of messages and you're probably going to want to see this. Wow. And I was like, "Oh, hangover. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow uh, and yeah is it a brilliant name no <laughs> I think it probably did me alright if it was so, called like someone said you should call it Dungeon Rush okay. and I thought that is a great name because you're in the dungeon you're rushing <laughs> it encapsulates the whole game but I think if there was a game on that list called Dungeon Rush, with got some other games called Dungeon X or X Rush. I would,
1: I would be a happily upset about a, accept a bet from me right now for any amount of money that there's a game on the App Store called Dungeon Rush. Right, like <laughs> there's a certain group of adjectives and nouns mm-hmm. that are like you're guaranteed, like you can just like I bet you know Heroes of Magic is somewhere on the App Store. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea, and I bet it probably is. That's kind of like a good a good drinking game. Uh, <laughs> but right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, have a unique name, certainly like can help i
0: think on steam it's got commas because i i, I said it's steam and like the, the rep at steam said no we're gonna put commas in it okay. and i said well you know more about selling video games than i do all right yeah, yeah. So, so so do it
1: yeah my issue is more like <laughs> would people have would people I, call it the same thing nah, when we are talking now nah, 1 other?
0: million 100 million billion in fact with my search keywords i have to have all of them because i don't know how many zeros people are gonna enter yeah when they're searching for it
1: i suppose you could call it <laughs> what you could call 128 as well if you want to <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah uh wow okay um so uh, we probably should back up a little bit more although uh, although i I guess i should just just, it's it's pretty amazing that happened right off the bat like that's that just seems i can't think of anyone else who's like quite had it that quickly
0: that was really if they had no
1: plan i knew
0: very little about the games industry at the time so uh, at that time you know it was it was selling heaps of copies Uh and i thought you know, maybe I should i should be a bit more serious about this now because i've got my day job yeah and then i've got my kid and i haven't got time to do anything with it Valve got in contact and said we want it on steam how quickly did they it was like a, about a month after wow and okay. i thought well that's going to take a bit of effort and i don't know if i'm going to have it and i had this thing where i was like this game's making enough that i can quit my job yeah but was do, it new making... games last yeah. one and a half months was then... it
1: making enough that it was like clearly obvious you could quit your job at that, that like, time yeah i mean we were, i was selling like a like a couple of months would have been your entire year salary yeah yeah okay
0: yeah. uh but i didn't know if i didn't want to risk quitting my job and then it turns out games have a three-month right. sales lifetime and then you're screwed and it was a it was a tricky decision to make sure uh i decided although you
1: can't really i mean you went down this path it's kind of strange you think about like he went down this path and you can't really imagine it actually working out what's the better that. scenario than what already happened yeah, I, so uh,
0: <laughs> I, I guess because of like kind of took me by surprise sure right yeah
1: and sorry to back up to this but like so the a touch arcade like he literally just sees like all the games that spew out on the apps yeah every yeah day, which must be what like a hundred
0: games yeah. or something oh, maybe the list was in alphabetical order <laughs> which would be another another, another good advantage. reason that, like, that 10 million was a good game. number
1: yeah, right. Okay. Well, I hope we're going to see a whole bunch of games now that are like, you know, 10, 10 million in one, one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So, all right. So you had the, uh, you had this actually, let's, let's, let's I hope this isn't too disjointed, but let's back up again again, because there are a couple other things you did, which are probably important for mm. 10 million, right? You had the concept of like the, the, their games in two places, right? Right. And. Um, When I first heard about the game, I actually was like, oh, that sounds terrible. Mm. (laughs) Because I had a very strong um, prejudice against two games that I had played that tried to do something similar. Mm. One was Henry Hatsworth. Okay. Are you familiar with that? Mm -mm. Okay. It's a... uh, 3DS, they're both 3DS games, right? Which were of course all about like there are two screens, right? The bottom of Henry Hasworth is like, I think it is basically a match three game. Mm. And the top one is a platformer. Okay. Right. So it's actually pretty similar to 10 million. Right. Um, but you're actually like moving the the character the platformer is actually active right, as opposed it. to automatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um and I thought it was just terrible, right? Because like it's I mean, it was a well done game, and I feel bad if any of the people working on this are listening. But right. like, basically, that game was like pushing people past their ability to like play the game, right? Like yeah. it was like it felt like it was a game that was not designed for humans, mm-hmm. right? And another one that was kind of in that same ballpark was "The World Ends with You," um, and uh, which is another three ds game, which also had the same concept of like there were like two battles going on at the same time on both screens. And that one was that one was you know that was a I mean, some people actually really really liked that game, um, but definitely for me, like I just felt like. You know games it's a very common thing for a designer to do to push past what a player can do and handle and achieve, yep. right like especially once you've once you've designed your own game, like you can handle things that like especially a new player just cannot, right and so um like yeah, when I first heard about this concept, I'm like, okay, I just I don't see how that's going to work, right. um, but you know, I mean it all comes down to like. The top part's important, but it's automatic, mm-hmm. right? So how did where did where did this come in? Like, how did you get to that?
0: Yeah. So I think might when maybe when the first, with the second switch to real time, I basically I, I thought it was an experiment. Yeah. Right? let's take the monsters out of the grid. Yeah, and let's let's move them up here. Uh, and at that point, you could like match footstep tiles to move forward. Okay.
1: So before the character was somewhere
0: on before it was before it was automated. So we moved over here, but it was static. And then if you matched some footsteps, you move forward. A monster now.
1: I'm sorry, where were where where were they before? So that was
0: when your monsters would be on your grid. Okay. And uh, and that was it. Wasn't difficult, uh, but just it was was janky. Okay. Uh, It just didn't feel good. Right. Uh, so that was when I, I sort of made it automated. Saw how that felt. That didn't feel good either. Because uh, I think there was there was two reasons. Uh, the the first major step that made it work, at least in my opinion, is you had your grid where you did stuff. Yeah. And then you had your character running in the sort of the screen, and then on top of that, you would have like a health bar, mm-hmm. uh, which was three things to look out and track. Right. Uh which it was rubbish, it, didn't, it just didn't feel good. Yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, I muxed the health bar into the, the bit where you're running, so your, your X position basically on the screen represents your health. Right. I don't think I did a great job of explaining it, uh, but... I mean, yeah, you
1: get that. that yeah, you
0: long. figure it out. Um, but the main thing was, it still felt wrong. Okay. And the reason was, the game was much more diverse at that point. Because you would be matching yellows or reds or greens or blues and then you'd be running against this monster or oh, sorry through the dungeon and you'd come up against an obstacle. Right. And you actually had choices. Oh. So okay, you're at this this shrine, match three reds to for this this buff or something, or three blues for this buff. Hey, it's your decision. It's right. quite interesting strategically. Um, and we could be much more diverse because we can we can put anything in there and say, match this to, to, to do it right, right? Um, and I really liked that and I didn't want to get rid of it right but it's all, on a test I had I want to connect these these uh, two halves of this game together because they feel disconnected and they, it doesn't feel right so I changed basically the, the, the tiles that you match to be verbs right? okay. so now it's sword to attack or staff to attack or it's a shield to defend right and that instantly Changes the scope of this game from you. Know, I can put anything in there; and it's fun. It's like I can now only put things that can be solved with a sword, right? Or, or with a shield, or with a key, right? Um, There's a consistency to it. Yeah, well, I think I think it was the fact it was a verb. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like a look, a mental look. I was like, okay, I want to match yellows. If I match yellows, then I go this thing, which does this. Mm-hmm. Whereas. As soon as it was scoped down, and it was like, "There's a key." It's like, "All right, key opens a chest." Right. Cool. Right. Key against a monster. Didn't do anything. Sure. Okay. Uh, and it was even though it sort of made it less diverse, it, it, like it made the game ten times better instantly. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, games are supposed to be about choice, so it's gonna be hard to like make decisions and take away choice. Mm. But it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that choices are always good, mm. right? <laughs> More choice doesn't just make a game better. Um, so, that's interesting. So, before, you know, you would run along, and when you'd, you'd hit some sort of obstacle, you'd be looking, you'd try to be, you'd be deciding what you want to do mm. and looking for the match. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, you're running along, you hit some obstacle, and now you need to get exactly this one specific thing.
0: Even so. even if it was just no choice, even if it was like, you came up against this monster, and said, like, oh, you want to hit him, you want, want to match three blues. Okay. Okay, and then maybe it changed. Say, so now if you want to hit him again, you've got to match three reds. Right. Uh, even then, when it was just a single choice, it was a case of, there was no physical, sort of visceral, I guess, okay. connect between this thing and this thing. It was too abstract. Yeah. Right. Uh, whereas it's like a sword, and you feel it matching it. You sort of yeah, okay, I attacked. How I much swords? It feels right, and it yeah, it just made it feel better.
1: Okay. Um, all right. And then where did the, And then did you have the sort of like the metagame elements in place then too, or did that come later? Of like because you can match stuff that like hmm. it helps you in progress, right?
0: So, yeah, that was. I think that was like, way way back before the game start. Before uh, alternate between uh, real time and fake time, or alternating between, "Whoa, is it up here? Is the game up here? Is there a grid?" It was like this is a game. Uh, this wasn't my term, but it encapsulates what I was saying. Uh, what I was trying to make well, which was uh, is the game is a training montage, like in Rocky or something. Okay, right? sure.
1: It has that feeling? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's all about its progression of getting stronger and stronger. Right. And then until you ultimately reach your goal, we're quite clear about the goal. We say it's 10 million, 10 million points, go. Right. right? And uh, yeah, the game was always about every time you're a little bit stronger. Even right. when you fail, right you're a bit richer. You get something out of it, you get a bit more, you go in again. Right. And yeah that the, the meta game really came before the the game right it, that was probably the, the constant well even the, technically it changed a bit, but that, the constant of having the meta game where you slowly upgrade was always there
1: okay, so you always knew you wanted to upgrade mm. um, and so those were always you know, you know that was always part of what you were doing It's like some of the stuff you were doing was for your well, what you're currently doing and some of it was for the meta game or wait anyway, go ahead
0: yeah the the concept of there being this thing of you getting stronger uh, was there, but initially, again, this was where it scoped down a lot. In the game, all these monsters they have like different vulnerabilities to different elemental types of damage and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and then the me- you had a choice. You could go to a shop and you could say, "Oh, you can have a, a short sword of sparks, which does this," or you can have a. Uh, a razor-sharp sword of ice where well, it does more critical damage but less elemental damage. Is that what you want? And you could switch between them in dungeon runs and mm-hmm. the usual RPG stuff. Yes. Um, maybe it doesn't fit the experience of getting stronger, right? Right. In 10 million, every upgrade is a straight upgrade. Right, okay. Right? It's, it's a small upgrade. Yeah. But there's, there's no decision to make. Well, the decision is like, should I upgrade my sword and my staff? But everything is, is, a, is a slight increment from right. where you are. You're not valuing this versus this. Did you,
1: was that a thing you had to, re- did you resist making that change to? Uh, yeah, yeah? Okay. I, lo- I
0: love stats okay I, I love stats i play a lot of path of exile right i say i play a lot of path of exile i right. play a lot of designing characters in path of exile okay. i don't have the time to actually to play the to game. play the game and get all this gear <laughs> but in terms of plotting out uh character sheets and all, all these possible things right it's, i love that
1: right so you want to you know like you like games where you design a specific a character to do a specific thing mm. right but in 10 million at some point you made a choice just always
0: up it's not telling the story i want to tell yeah
1: okay and how, when did you make that when did you have that realization Or how?
0: I think that that was I. I decided always going up because that was fit in the original design brief of uh, I want a game where I can get stronger over time. I want a game with an end. Okay. Uh, But if you did a game with an end, which didn't have that, right? Is you could have a game that lasts three minutes and you've completed the game. Right. So uh, do you think you could argue these upgrades are sort of gating the game experience? I would. I'd strongly disagree with that. I think it's a core part of it. It's getting stronger over time. Right. So it was it was a technical um, where of spreading the game out and spreading that experience out, getting these spikes of when you're strong versus spikes of when you're weak. Right. Uh, so you know you have got a new rank and then you're fighting stronger monsters and suddenly you're struggling. But then hey, yeah. you get some upgrades.
1: Well, it's like um, it's dynamic difficulty, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, but in a way, that's been a troubled. Mechanic a lot of games have like really had bad dynamic difficulty systems, mm. right? And it seems to work pretty well in 10 million because you're gonna naturally hit your own personal Barrier, right, but the game has stuff there to help you keep
0: pushing forward, right? Um, so I design with these things called uh, focus scenes, which is a I'll Turn my nicks off uh, an author called Brandon Sanderson okay. He says I'm, I'm writing a book like I, I start with these five Cool scenes, cool things that right. encapsulate my experience that I want to tell. Uh, but I can't just say that. I've got to go and I then got to go and earn that scene. Sure. Right. So one thing, say at the start of 10 million, is you do a little tutorial, and then you, you're doing quite well, right. and then you fight like a T-Rex monster, and it just absolutely decimates. Yeah. And in fact, even if you attack him. You can barely see the sliver it takes off the health bar, right? Uh, and then seventy percent of the way through the game, he becomes like a standard right. monster you'll be fighting, yep. right? And then the first time you hit him, like hey, he bleeds, yep. you know. And that was like that was like a, a core scene for me anyway to sort of for that to hit home how you've been getting stronger and, and, and doing that experience. Yep. So yeah, I I believe it, I believe strongly in difficulty spikes. Sure. Uh, and, and to not smooth them over so much because that can be like a key place of mechanical storytelling
1: yeah well if you don't have any sort of spikes it's just eventually they're going to kind of get lulled to sleep right like I, but
0: i feel like like people those people do analytics mm-hmm. in games now and they'll say like things like oh a lot of people are dying on level three and not going past it right it's like, true. cool that that might be a good thing yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah. then go and seek to reduce that maybe yeah. that's what you want yep
1: yeah, well, when you got, I mean, when you've got a number, that's the thing you're thinking about, right? Mm. Um, and uh, it's just it's just hard to avoid that type of thought, right? Because it requires a much deeper, harder thing to think about, like like what's what's the best thing for a player, and like, well, what type of player, and like, you know, what's you know what's going to, you know, not just get them to play the next level, but going to get them to like commit to the game, mm. you know, for next 10 hours or whatever right like that's a whole different question um, and uh, there's no way you're gonna get a stat this is gonna tell you that right um, so yeah I mean I, I totally know what you mean um, okay so uh, so the mitigate so how did you though um, I, I was gonna ask like how do you go about trying to figure out where the player should be when they get to each new level or I forget how it's actually arranged in 10 million, but like as the, uh, like, in, you know, you must build a boat, you kind of move, you know, you move along mm. the river, right? And things get harder. Um, and
0: 10 million, so I forget how, this, how does it work? You, so, as a, a similar but a simpler system is, yeah, you, uh, you rank up right after completing a set amount of quests, including one like gateway quest that's like really, it's a like gear check sort of thing. Right. Uh, and then you'll get. Dungeon which have some of the same monsters as your previous one, but it's got added some new ones added in there a bit stronger and it sort of flows on that path. And the the game actually works. I kind of get that for free. Right. Right, because you can play this game if you're like a hardcore gamer. Mm. Like my mother-in-law, she's not a hardcore gamer. She she plays maybe out of obligation, but she plays uh these ga- my games and she loves them. Right. Uh, and Someone who's like really hot, hot stuff at the game, they'll just they'll cruise through it really quickly. Uh, if someone's not, they'll fail missions But because it's built into the game. But even when you fail, like even you, you it says you win when yeah. you die, right? Right. Which is maybe a bit on the nose, but yeah.
1: I was going to ask where that you came upon that phrase. <laughs> I thought like, oh, that's brilliant? Really anyway. uh,
0: but yeah, you do. You okay? You didn't complete whatever quest you set out to do, but you killed some stuff. You have some chests. You you could probably afford that upgrade now. Yeah. Uh, and it's all, it sort of balances itself because if you're not very good you will just do, I've got an extra few upgrades in yeah. as you fail and then you will have caught up to everyone else yeah. uh, and then I think the only way of, of doing that is I, I mean I had I have a spreadsheet where I could just put in okay this is roughly what I want and then it would spit out values of okay then this is what sort of health monsters should have this is what how much damage an upgrade should do and all that sort of stuff but I only use that as a starting point because I could try and balance around a bit of the player experience. Uh, so then it was just a case of playing it, convincing people that I worked with to play it. Sort of watching over the shoulder and making notes and then just tweaking the numbers right. until it felt right.
1: Yeah. Did you have any specific strategy for balancing at the end of the game? Because these type of games, it's very easy to get like, the first hour mm. down really well. It was you, the, but, you, you get to like unknown territory
0: yeah that there's an achievement in in 10 million actually called the jose because there's 10 ranks uh-huh. uh and then you basically you should have this experience like oh well, what's left to do i've got no quests left i was right. like no this is it this is it this bit's hard you've got to get 10 million points it's quite it's quite a challenge but you right. got, you got this you can do it right uh but like this guy jose he was really good at the game and like at rank eight where you don't get many points. Mm-hmm. He managed to do so well, he got 10 million points. So he did it before. He, <laughs> he did it way before I intended to. Missed yeah. some of the narrative beats I was, I was trying to hit. Right. But uh, he was quite pleased with himself. So sure. I'll an achievement called the Jose. Uh, if you complete the game before you, I want you to. Before you get to level 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: But, but most, most people get to it at the,
0: at the time I want them to. All right. Well, that's cool.
1: So I haven't, I haven't finished it. So like, what actually happens when you get 10 million points?
0: Uh, it's pretty simple. A door opens. You uh-huh. walk outside of it. It yeah. says, you're free. Yeah. Uh, and then the cool thing I think, I, I think was very popular because I've seen people talking about it, is that the game tracks everything you do okay. throughout it. Mm-hmm. And then as the credits roll. You know, it tells you. So it's, because you've had the sort of training montage, it'll say, oh, you, you, you smashed 32,000 tiles, I think is the average. Right. It's like, yeah, you killed... 9,000 monsters, you open 15,000 chests or something, and then it's sort of This is a nostalgia where it sort of brings back to you all. It's here's hey. Here's what you accomplished, right? right. Sure. Uh, and then it wasn't in the, the original Design now I have this thing called ace levels, right? Whereas every time you complete the game mm-hmm. you can reset it right and everything is 10% harder, okay? Uh, like I'm my, my best is like eight. There's a guy on my my discord He's like, I think he's like mid 30s. He'll just keep going
1: forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it
0: compounds. So
1: so his game is like 300 sometimes.
0: Yeah. I I don't know how it's possible, but he's. he's, (laughs) Yeah. And and I'll post, I think there's a subreddit as well, and he posts, uh, I just, oh, that was a tough one. (laughs) But yeah, that's beyond me. Hmm. Well, that's cool.
1: What? Uh, but you said you put that in later. What did you? When you shipped, what happened? Like the game. It just said you're free, and you could start over again if you wanted. Essentially, no, you couldn't even do that. You couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's a dead app, essentially. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: you, you can delete it. <laughs> you can delete it. And install it again, and, and you'll start from fresh. Oh,
1: I see. I was like, you have the freedom
0: to delete it. I'm like, <laughs> so well, yeah. But I, did I didn't that. expect this game to succeed, <laughs> right? Yeah. So. I didn't think people would be that interested. Right. In sort of playing it again. Right. So it's, a, like, it's a hastily well, advanced. I'm not gonna end. worry about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a good like, problem to No have.
0: one's probably gonna even see this. All right. right so Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's hard to remember probably what you know your life and your mindset like before you release and after yeah. because like just everything changed. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So the you got the you got the great review mm. on Touch Arcade, and then you know, everything changed, I guess. So tell yeah, let's talk about that a little bit
0: yeah well i I couldn't believe it, obviously, no, so i did, sent out, sent out all these keys and stuff to review sites. I think I did one on the Penny Arcade report as it was at the time, yeah, which uh you yeah, had a big effect. I had a lot more people come in to me after that. and uh have you heard of imposter syndrome? Yes, okay mm-hmm. so so imposter syndrome you're not know, you know, you're not an imposter, right, you just feel like it, sure. I don't have imposter syndrome. Okay, I actually am an imposter, right? <laughs> sure. It's <laughs> okay. not the syndrome. <laughs>
1: okay, I'll hear you. Um.
0: So yeah, like I was trying to talk about it. It's like yeah, yeah. I guess so. It's it's kind of good. No, I was, I was making an effort. I wanted I wanted to be successful. So I was sort of going out, and I just I just felt like a bit of an idiot. Right. Uh, in fact, I even did a podcast uh, when it came out, and it was on uh, Games with Jobs.
1: Oh, I've heard that one. And
0: yeah, I, uh, oh, I didn't think I did a very. I was a bit embarrassed about the whole thing because <laughs> okay. I, I just like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. I, I, I'm not qualified to talk about this. And I was tripping up on my words because I didn't. I couldn't articulate. I couldn't articulate what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know if what I was thinking was valid, uh, which I, I guess I still have a little bit, but. I've realized everyone does now. Sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, for for what's worth, I seemed I you know it seemed like you were totally fine. Well, I did I did I did
0: a podcast with Gamers with Jobs uh, a couple of months ago. Uh-huh. I, I actually emailed them. I said, "Can I come on? Because I feel like I didn't equip myself right. very well. I've got this new game coming out. I want to talk about it." Uh, and they they were quite gracious. And I think I did a slightly better job. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I mean, they're good in general. Yeah. Like,
1: they're a really good site. So. Um, Okay, so you you were you felt like you were going through this period of time where you like you didn't really feel like I don't know I, I mean tell me you, you know you didn't feel like you deserved it or like like I, I, didn't, wrong, th- I didn't feel
0: like the game deserved the I, to be honest, I still don't think the game quite deserved the uh the reception it got because I would say. I understand it's more acceptable now for a game to be a bit rough around the edges. Sure. I'm sorry. It's, it's, I understand now that it's more acceptable for a game to be rough around the edges, but this game was very rough around the edges. I, I mean, have you seen it? <laughs> just right. I've seen it. I mean, sure. that that is enough for, for for me to explain why I don't think it was quite hitting the heights of uh, of some other games. I mean, it looked pretty janky. There was always an intention to make it. A little bit kind of camp a little bit it doesn't take itself too seriously right. so I was like yeah okay I know it's ugly all right. right but just just let's just go with it yeah. like I don't know how to animate a character right I, mean, well, I was quite proud of the you must build a and I made the run animation slightly better and right. it's still I think by standards of other stuff it's not sure but uh, I was I was at least proud of my progression right
1: okay so, I mean, you know, if you connect with people you connect with people though I mean yeah. people you know, people knew that like this was probably a
0: game that you know was you know they,
1: <laughs> you weren't selling the art mm. right, like you were selling an idea,
0: right. I feel like a lot of people were drawn to my story. It's like, what a cool story is that? It's like, oh, like, you crunched in for nine months. So yeah, oh, I know you you made it. I think a lot of people were rooting for me, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe they were a little bit more permissive and a little bit more forgiving than they were, would have been otherwise. Which I mean, I, I mean, I'll take the win. Sure.
1: um I mean. I doubt just the way the the market is. I doubt most people who bought the app really knew that. Yeah. Like honestly, right? Like, if it, you know, if it succeeded at the level where you know, yeah, you can quit your job and keep working. Like, you know, it was it was succeeding because people were having fun and Mm. they were telling other people and they were buying it and so on and so forth. Right. I mean, like. You know, I'm sure you've been around long enough now that you understand how hard it is to get a story out to the press, period. Yeah. Right? It's just so hard you have to pay attention to anything mm. that isn't essentially already a success, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you know, that you there was it was a new mix of game play that people have seen before, mm. right? So, like, if, to me, that's what made it work. That's why people are into it. Um, so... Yeah. So, um, sorry, you are going to say something.
0: No, I was, I was just going to say that uh, I, I hear what you're saying with your with my head, <laughs> okay. but in my heart, I still feel like, come on, have you seen that game? <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Well, in that case, why don't we transition to you must build a boat because since obviously you were in the same, you know, mm. you you know, it's obviously very similar to ten million. So, you know, were you trying to work out some of this stuff of like, I want to like. Tell me why you decided to, to like make a game that was essentially an improvement on Tell Me Alien and what, what you were trying to do.
0: So part of it was there was like I had a very hard deadline, okay. so there was some stuff that I wanted to do. Okay. That it was just like, what was your hard deadline? Uh, having a baby. In, in, oh, you're in Tell about in the yeah, original. yeah. So there was okay. stuff that I would, another baby? I would have liked to have done. Well, there is. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. yeah. but the liked it, but it okay. was just it was just impossible.
1: Yeah, I get it. Okay.
0: Uh, and I, I think after I got better at making video games after right. I'd made ten million. Like it was a big learning experience for me. Right. Uh, I didn't have the luxury of sort of saying, well, "Well, now I'm going to go back and change a bunch of stuff," because right. I, I had to release it. So there was loads of other stuff I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to have the similar experience, it's got a similar sort of story of, of you yeah. getting stronger but just with more diversity, a, a bit more fun, a bit more variety Right uh, And that actually took me three plus years to realise because I felt like, okay, I've I got, I got to make something different now What's that? i got to make something different Yeah um, i never written a sequel before Right. So, what makes a good sequel? Uh, so, I ended up basically making a completely different game. I think at one point it was a text adventure. Okay, really? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I, I just changed so many things, and you know, some of it worked. So, initially, you were trying to. Were I wasn't trying to, try to make a, a, a direct s- sequel. I was at like, all? yeah, okay, maybe it's in the same world. Okay. You, maybe you know playing the same character, but the, the gameplay is completely different. So yeah, you'd have these. Okay. So like, the- was, I think it was before FTL came out, but you had these sort of segments where you'd go through and you'd make decisions, and then you could your next run would change based on the decisions you made. Was there like match three? Like did it, did it yeah, have I, I even had that. I, when I was promoting the game. I was like, so is it like a match three? It's like, oh, yeah, there's still bits of that, right. but it's all this stuff as well. Uh-huh. And again, I'd spent a lot of time making it, and I quite liked it, so I didn't want to get rid of it. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I wanted sort of catching monsters because that's good fun. Right. But then I got rid of your player character for a while and you just sort of, you played as these monsters and then you fought other monsters. And I, I spent so long trying to make a different game. What were you trying to do? Like, what was, what was your hope during this period of time? Like, what were you trying to
1: accomplish? Uh, I was just trying to make...
0: You know what? I think that is the problem. I don't think I knew. Mm. You know, I thought, well, people like it that, I should make some more. Right. Right? But without really having that goal of knowing what the end... At least what I wanted the end product to look to look like. Right. Um, so I, I ended up doing all these wild, crazy things and then having to get rid of them because right. they weren't fun.
1: They didn't match with, mm. like, whatever you were still keeping. Well, I, I
0: think I was a little bit worried because... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Felt like a bit of a fraud. Uh And then if I just, like, release a similar game again with, like, a few more systems on it, right? people would think, all right, you're a one-trick pony. This is all you can do. Yeah.
1: Right. So you had had a real desire to, like, prove yourself. Yeah, I think that was it. Right. Um, And the way to do that is to make something
0: very different. Seriously different.
1: Yeah. Um, were Were there parts
0: of it that worked? I mean, like, what...
1: I mean I, guess I would say
0: the, it took three years and the, the first two years were completely thrown away Wow mm.
1: how are you trying to how are you trying to build something that you felt like would be fun in the end right like was it you were just like imagining
0: concepts and then you'd try it out and you just would you know you wouldn't you wouldn't abandon them soon enough or was yeah, there... I think there's always that temptation as like, okay, I want to try this. Let's see if this works. And I do design by iteration. Right. I am I'm cognizant of the fact that yeah, designing something and throwing it away because it was fun, it doesn't feel good, but that is a part of game development. Don't worry right. too much about that. Yeah. But I think you fall into this trap of going, okay, that's not fun yet. Right. But what if I add this? Right. I was like, oh, that's not fun yet, but what if I add this? And then doing all these variations of things and then ended up nothing being working. I wonder if like that's the you can judge a good game designer by like how many things they get wrong before sure. they hit the right one. I right. think I'm probably a bit higher than I'm comfortable with. I get I'll throw a lot of things away before I find the thing that works. And maybe if you've got a better intuition, you're more experienced. Maybe you only need to throw five prototypes away before you find yeah. the one that works.
1: I mean, people throw have to throw a lot of stuff away, and it's frustrating. Um, I. I don't like throwing stuff away either. I mean, no one likes it, right? Mm. It feels bad because it feels like you just threw away a month, two months, three months, a year of Mm. your life basically, right? Like as far as your, you know, like what you've been working on. And so, you know, it comes down to like, it's it's the same thing as like the sunk cost theory of business, right? Like, you know, either the game's in a place where like, there really is a path forward for it or there's not. And right, obviously that's the rub. Like, how do you make that decision? But if there's probably not a path forward for it, it doesn't matter if you put three years of development in it. It's still worth nothing, right? Like you're mm-hmm. still better yeah. off.
0: I decided know. to take out the, the text adventure component at GDC 2014. And that was basically because people said, what you're working on, and I'd explain it. Uh-huh. And even when explaining it to people, like, I felt it felt wrong. <laughs> it felt wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's and I, distra-
1: think I, I think... I'll have to say, a text adventure is probably not the right... <laughs> the right move forward for if it's like a still like an iPhone game.
0: So no, no, you, you you could click buttons to choose responses okay. to things, but it made uh, it, made it was most ch- st- strategically interesting, right? Because you'd be like, say, if some elements made it up to you, you must be like so you could meet like a monk or something. Okay, and he says, "Oh, I can change your next dungeon to be like this or like this. What do you want?" Mm-hmm. And that's uh, mechanically quite interesting. Um, right. But yeah, it just it just didn't feel right. Yeah, and I remember just I decided I was going. I don't care. I don't care that I've told all the press and. Got oh, you and, talked got, about. This oh yeah, I point. got into detail about how the system works and the screenshots and stuff. I don't. It's gone. I, I, it literally did feel like a weight had lifted when I right. when I had made that decision to myself. let right. going go. I didn't tell anyone until like a couple of months before it came out. Uh, but personally, for me, it was like oh, okay, all right. And then as I sort of decided to make it less wildly different, mm-hmm. it, just, it just started to feel right. And I, be, I became aware because people were saying, oh, I want, I want to play you know, some more of that. Right. And I was like, if, if someone wants a completely different game, there are loads of games. <laughs> sure. All right? It doesn't have to be mine. Yeah. If someone wants the sequel to this game, it can be mechanical simple. I can improve on all the elements. I can add other stuff I wanted to do. And that is enough.
1: Right.
0: And uh, it took me a long time to realize that. Yeah. OK. All
1: right, so once, once it was, you know, you were, like, ready to start making the game, mm. Like, what did you want to do? Like, what were the, what was, like, what was the most important thing, two or three things you wanted to change? I was
0: very worried. Um, because in 10 million you di- you're running in this dungeon and then you, you finish it and it says you're free it's an important moment in the game it, it feels good, it should feel good right. and then you sort of see a silhouette of your character standing looking out to the horizon on the, mm-hmm. on the big blue world and then I was worried that regardless of what the sequel is it might be smirched that a little bit <laughs> okay right uh, you know, like at some point it was like, ah, so you're out of the dungeon. Exactly. But now you're stuck here. Yeah, yeah. And now you've got to do all this. And it's like, okay, I get that we're making some concessions and we can suspend our disbelief a little bit. But I really did not want to uh, to ruin 10 million's ending, even if it was just in my head right. uh, by doing that. So it had, it had, it had to be, have this theme of travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it had to, you had to be exploring the world. But then I also wanted the the whole the upgrade, meta mm-hmm. game where you get stronger and stronger. I, I like that. I like the story that was telling. I wanted to do that story again, right. basically. And then, oh, how do you, how do you unify those two things? So how can you have all these shops, but you're also moving around? Are you going back home? Mm-hmm. And then, so that's how can you get a load of shops right. and travel? Mm-hmm. Well, you the got, got boat. I think it was an airship at some point, but it went with the boat in the end. Right. Um. Because yeah, that hit the themes. It doesn't besmirch the ending because hey, now you can go on. At the start of the game, we don't really say why your character's here, how much time's passed. Yeah. It just literally starts going, let's get a big battle, Right. And then we take it from there. And I I feel like I I struck the balance there. Right. Um Well, you described the theme very succinctly with the title, so
1: <laughs> Well <laughs> not really. No. Okay. A boat is built. Yes, a boat is built.
0: Do you build the boat? <laughs> well,
1: you must build a bigger boat. so then um, maybe you should call it that.
0: Yeah, but the the name. I mean, obviously, the, you could put ten million on or something. Right. But the for me, the, the the reason I called it ten million is I wanted to make this game with an end. I want it to be upfront and clear yep. with the end. Hey, this is this is what you gotta do. You're not trying. There, there are no points. Then yep. You Must Build a Boat, yep. right, so well, what am I going to do to explain succinctly what's, what's happening in this game? Well, it's all about building a bigger boat, so yep. You Must Build a Boat. Uh, and I, I like it. Yep. I, was really, I was really proud and happy of uh, You Must Build a Boat when I finished it. Cool. Like 10 million, I thought, mm, okay, well, I gave it a shot. Right. But by the end of, okay, there were some rough patches. Sure. Uh, but at the end of it, I was, I was really happy with it. Yeah. All right, cool. What are the big, like, what about gameplay-wise? What was, like, the big j- change that sticks out in your mind that, like,
1: was an improvement?
0: So I think the, the, the main thing was the, the thing you mentioned earlier was right. uh, a real-time matching, yep. which yep. just felt much better. Yep. Uh, and we put some of the subsystems in the game. So you have this thing called the Hammerhorn where you can call your friends, and that's, yep. that's an important... Because that shows your development. Mm-hmm. I did some things which were more interesting. So I got a lot of stick from this one, from sort of like uh, user game reviews. Mm-hmm. So in in ten million, you had like an inventory, so you found items it goes in your inventory. Yeah, and uh, you must build about it goes you break open crates and it goes onto your grid, which mm-hmm. is instantly very interesting because they can't match. Yes. So there's an opportunity cost for yep. you for you to leave them around. Yep. So you could you could hoard them for when you really need them, but it has a very major impact on the total solution space of, of matching things. Yep. So it's really interesting. Yep. Uh, but I think that feels to some people like a bit too much like a general match 3 game where you get some kind of like special tile wh- that blows up stuff. Right. Uh, and a lot of people are really unhappy with it. Really? Mm. That's
1: interesting. I thought it seemed like a reasonable innovation. Like, was
0: like Yeah, a I game. think like, from a, a design standpoint, it's, it's, fine. it's more interesting. Huh. So they but it doesn't they necessarily feel. So they don't like it because... Like... You say, uh, well, the, you the, the word people would say is dumbed down. Dumbed down? Mm. Huh. Which, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it's true, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like a one-time thing, which is different. You don't have stuff that, like, stays around, where you have to decide when you can use it. Yeah. So, huh. Did you, I guess, I assume you didn't anticipate that no, reaction. No, no,
0: no. Um, I just thought, hey, this is strictly better. It makes this interesting trade-off.
1: I mean, what do you think about that? Like, I mean, if you hear something consistently...
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's a definite feeling some people have. Like, it is a minority, but I have got complaints about that. Um, God, what can you do? I just got back myself. I think it is a better game with it. Right. And I I don't think I can ever please them. Right. Right. You can't please everyone.
1: Do they view it kind of like it's like they're too powerful or something? Like you know like you get the you get the special item and then that gets you out of trouble essentially Or like I'm just trying to figure out
0: what I think it's just expected. a perception of like hey this game used to be something a little bit different and you had an inventory mm-hmm that's cool that's different and then you miss the board. you don't have an inventory it's on the board and it it looks more like bejeweled now okay Than 10 million did yeah. and I thought I was getting something a bit more uh, expansive and a bit more RPG elementsy than bejeweled and, right. and now I feel like I'm being shortchanged. I see. Oh, because you did take something away. That well, you, I just moved it to a yeah. more interesting place, place I think. Right.
1: You, you, inter- you integrated it into the grid. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's one of the things about making sequels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're going
0: to get experiences like that, for sure. Um, it's interesting. I, so in my opinion, uh, You Must Build a Boat is a strictly better game. Okay, I think it is better in in every way. Right, uh, and ninety percent of people agree with me. Right, but ten percent of my fans like both games, but say, but I prefer Ten Million. Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 the sequel's better. Trust me, I made it. Yeah, it's that yeah. like, well, for me, actually, I prefer the sequel It's, it's more, sim- it's more pure, it's more simple. I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah.
1: All right. I have basically the same feelings of Civ 3 to Civ 4 right, right. You know I worked on both of them and like i am like yeah I can basically explain every single thing about Civ 3 that we improve for Civ 4 but there's still that is that certain group of users who are just like Civ
0: 3 is just their game. You can't what? complain, though, right? It's like, oh, this person's <laughs> saying they really like this thing you made. It's like, well, yeah. you can't really go in this drop of yeah. can you? Yeah, yeah, that's just, you yeah, know, that's people, so.
1: Um, okay, cool. So, uh, you know, after you must build a boat, did you start working on photographs right away, or no. did you work on some other stuff, or like, what happened?
0: Uh, basically, uh, usually when I'm making a game, mm-hmm. I'll have lots of ideas for the games, and I'm pretty good at saying right. no. Okay. You don't you finish this game first. Right, sure. So I, I had, like, 10, 10 games that sort of designed on paper right. that I thought would be good fun. And um, basically, when I finish You Must Build About...
1: They weren't similar to cause the idea, some of the ideas you had tried before?
0: No, these were all very different from You Must Build Okay. Uh, and I think maybe, maybe not a good business decision. Maybe it is, I don't know. But uh, I wanted to do something different. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, we only live once, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make something different. I wanted to try new things. I've been staring at tiles yep. for, and smashing tiles for five years now something. Yep. So I wanted something a little bit different. So I tried uh, a bunch of these different prototypes that I'd, uh, I'd come up with, played lots of games for research. And yeah, I think 2016 must have been, like, my output was nothing for the year. It was just trying prototypes that yeah. I thought were fun yeah, and weren't. Yeah. Um,
1: when you say you thought were fun
0: i like, thought were going to be fun we're and then fun. made made them and, and they weren't uh, so yeah which wasn't great but i think that was around the time i'd moved house moved a bit further out of london because i a family now and then you know all the sort of real life getting in the way that i think my productivity wasn't as good as it could have been sure yeah and then when I, when I started on photographs it was it was a desire to do something completely different mm-hmm. from, from what, what i'd done and even even then, so those was like late twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, right. um, which I would say was early indie apocalypse. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the riskiest thing you can do is make something totally different right. and unusual. But also, the riskiest thing you can do is not making something totally different and sure. unusual. So, I wanted to tell tragic stories and i think i had an experience i'd read an anthology of short stories and i'd loved it Mm -hmm. and if some and i I bought it by accident i thought i was reading a book and i bought this book and it turned out to be a bunch of short stories and i was very annoyed (laughs) um and i really enjoyed it and it was like i would never go out my way to read a short story right but it turns out i liked it yeah and i wanted to try and do a similar thing uh, in in w- photographs. W- w- With photographs, okay. which tells these, these short stories. Okay. Um, each one lasts 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay, they, they, they link together in, in various ways. So the design for that came from that because it tries to be a narrative game where you're doing these things, but I'm aware that, like, especially if you're on the App Store, mm-hmm. 99% of the people who buy your game I don't read the game impress. right? Right, uh, and I want to deliver this experience of having a narrative video game that tells pretty dark stuff, uh, stuff that you know, I guess you could call it a serious game. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to do that in stealth mode, so it, it masquerades as like a cute puzzle game, right? Yeah. Um, and my goal is like. But maybe people who don't play too many games mm-hmm. will play it. Okay, it's a puzzle game. I have got to move this guy over here, Right. Uh, and we'll come away from it saying, "I didn't know that is what a game could be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know games could do that." Right. And uh, it's it's been pretty positive so far. So that was that was where the design came from, and it turned out to be quite difficult to do. Yeah.
1: Sure. I mean, that <laughs> sounds pretty ambitious, right? Because you need a puzzle game that works, and then you need well. You like... know, well, the, here's,
0: here's here's the rub. Here's why it took three four years right we tell five short stories okay. these tragic short stories we want you to feel uh, these stories to empathize with the characters in the stories mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: I also know you're probably not gonna read the text yeah okay so yeah. I can't I can't I can use it but I can't rely on it yeah so I'm gonna have to tell my story somewhere else yeah so basically I, I use every possible vector to tell a story so yes we have text which is voice acted because I can bring some more emotion into it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the music's great and really tells a story, the art's great and it really tells a story. Mm-hmm. But also the the mechanics of the gameplay okay. must tell the story. In fact, that's our main way of telling sure. a story consciously, absolutely consciously Okay. Because we have these five short stories, each completely different, telling a different story, the mechanic for this story mm-hmm. does not tell story number four. So each mechanic is different for each of the five? So, he's, he's, so basically, it's five that's games. Five games that's yeah. that's trouble i mm. know <laughs> only that way. it's five games that tell the story so i've designed 40 puzzle games and gone hey that's a really that's a really neat puzzle i like how these things interact there's loads of interesting design it doesn't tell my story though right so i throw it away wow
1: <laughs> okay wow so you had to build a bunch of puzzle games mm. hoping
0: to find five that would fit together yeah and how do you even do that i just like I got stacks of notebooks where I just sort of doodling things going, OK. So for example, the first story mm-hmm. is about uh, this guy we call the Alchemist, his granddaughter, mm-hmm. and things are pretty good. And all the puzzles are very simple to understand. You have to get your characters to the exit in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you swipe around, you're moving them around. And the, the story is the, the relationship between the characters. right? So, for example, early on in the game, say you try and move the alchemist to the exit. Mm-hmm. It would then become impossible to get Cleo, the granddaughter, to the exit. Okay. And then we sort of train the player without explicitly saying it. He sought Cleo at first. So mm-hmm. I like, okay, well, if I use the, the alchemist character to block this place, and then that will work. And then halfway through the story, they have a bit of falling out, and they become a bit estranged. Mm-hmm and now if you try and if you try and use what you've already been trained mm-hmm. uh, you'll find that your game gets into an uncompletable state uh, because now actually now you have to you have to abandon her
2: right
0: sort yourself out first and leave her to deal with all this stuff by okay. herself because that's that's what the story is all about mm-hmm. uh, and it was I was actually it took too long before I tested it because I was just saying in my mind, "Hey, I think this works." This, okay. this tells my story, but I actually, I had to go out. I showed, I showed it off at Resed, mm-hmm. Uh and that was the first time I'd really verified whether it worked and whether people really play this, play these games. Like I, I think they're going to play them, mm-hmm. and whether they experience those narrative beats. And yeah, I, I can't, I can't believe I, I waited so long, and I trusted myself for so long. Uh, because, yeah, every narrative beat worked. I, I saw people do something and then go, huh, I was like, I know you're going to do that.
1: Right. Okay, wow. All right, well, that's very that's cool. I mean, I was almost anticipating the story was going to go the other way.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, how does it never works as, like you expect it to do. Right. But it did. You, can you, you think you can figure out how
1: it worked out like that? I mean... I mean, you—you you, you did expose it to
0: people, like yeah. before you got revs, right? So no, not, yeah, that much. not not that much. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of just flying by the seat of my pants, I guess. All right. Well, how do you think it did, did work out then? All all the major the um, beats that people do, I know I, I know I'm hitting the the goal of connecting. Uh, and people empathise with the characters. I've seen people crying at the end of it. Okay. Um, the game. I don't want. I don't want to spoil it too much. But the game tells a bunch of stories, mm-hmm. and it's very important that you empathise with some of them. I don't need you to empathise with all of them. Right. So all all the characters in the story make some mistake. Right. Um. um is it forgivable? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. So you might play it, and you might. Really identify with one of the characters, and think my favourite character is like I know she she got what she deserved, right? Right. So the game shows you all these things, and then at the end it basically invites you to pass judgment on them, right? And then this has multiple endings depending on on who you chose. Okay. Uh, And that was the other reason for the five short stories is like. I, I very much identify with the first story, The Alchemist, and the fifth one, The Preventer, because mm-hmm. they're all about parenthood and being a caregiver and all right. that sort of stuff, which is me. Right. Um, yeah, whereas someone who's like more of a career-focused person, right. story number four, the journalist, might speak to them a bit more. Sure. Uh, and that seems to have worked. Uh, certainly a lot of people have chosen the ones that I think are the best. But uh, right. Do you have to progress through them, or is it, can you...? jump to anyone you want
2: to. I, I, I was worried
0: about that, I, uh, I thought, why do I have a good reason for not letting you jump to, to anyone at any time? Right. And I think the answer's no. That the, the, the stories connect together, but it's quite a light touch. They refer to each other rather than directly link to each other, so there isn't any reason for you to not be able to do it. But I, I've made it in a set order. Okay.
1: Because that seems like that's a pretty big challenge for puzzle games, or a potential problem for puzzle games, right, that mm. for whatever reason, there are going to be some people who just get stuck mm. on one, right? And well,
0: they... I think the, the, the main solution I have to that is that my game's a narrative game, pretending to be a puzzle game. Right. It's not a puzzle game pretending to be a narrative game. Okay. Although none of the puzzles like total head scratches. I do what to do. Okay. okay, okay, It's not designed to be a hard puzzle game. Right. Uh, and I've just borne that through testing. You know, I've given yeah. it. I've given it to people, and no one said, oh, "I was absolutely stuck on this." bit. Okay. I was thinking, well, because it's a narrative game, not a puzzle game, should I have some dynamic hint system, which says, "Oh, yeah, look, look, you're struggling on this for a bit. Right. Like, do you want some help?" But I, it appears not to have been necessary. Right. Okay. Now, explain to me.
1: Tell me if I am understanding this right. But like the, the first story you described, where you say that like you have to to solve the puzzle, you have to leave Cleo behind. Is that right?
0: So early on, you must uh, you must use yourself to help her to the exit. Okay. Later on, you must leave it behind and leave it to, to fend for herself.
1: Okay. Does the game make that clear? That that's how
0: no, you- no. And that was I expect fifty percent of these narrative beats that I've agonized over to be. Not not ignored. I expect them to be subconscious. Okay. Like so, get to level six. That's the first level where you have to uh, sort out uh, yourself before Mm Cleo and everyone, one hundred percent of players sorts out, uh, attempts to sort out Cleo first, then rewinds, then tries it, and then they realize that they have to do this, and then it will work. And it's not that they've said. No one's rubbing their chin and going, aha, I see what you did there. Right. But they at least all had that experience and they all had that feeling and that connection that this is what I have to do. I see. There, there are some puzzles where we're a, little, we're a little bit more on the nose okay. with the narrative beat, uh, but a lot of it is slightly subconscious. And
1: you handle it because once you you know, solve the issue for yourself, mm. the level just ends, so you're not stuck in a state where you're there is, to be there, like,
0: Well, there is some side. stuff
1: like that. Where I'm getting at is like, games are so much about like saving you know X saves y yeah that like if it doesn't happen sometimes people feel like they haven't actually beaten the level or like they don't it, it, the game some some games have to be very explicit of like now it is time to progress mm-hmm. or whatever because people will assume like I must have done something wrong there must be some way to save Clio mm-hmm. so
0: I mean there can, yeah there I think for those particular ones I, I don't think there is but that is some a problem I I have had to wrestle with on some of the others where Yes, you, you are saying number five is the preventer story about these people that can prevent problems. Mm-hmm. And you end up having some problem that you can't prevent. Right. Okay, but the gameplay is you preventing these problems. Right. And now I have to puzzle where my narrative beat is, there's nothing you can do about this. Right. And it's a very important narrative beat for that story. But right. Then how, within your puzzle mechanics, can you sure. can you tell that? Uh, I
1: mean, that potentially is a profound point. But like people still have certain expectations when they go into games, mm. which makes it a challenge.
0: Right. So I think that's where some game design craft, rather than uh, than art, comes into play. Where I say, okay, well, I can I can do some particle effects mm. when you do this, and I can do a sound effect, and the sound effect can get louder over time, and I can sort of maybe have some some different stuff going on here, so I can maybe even using tropes of what people expect from video games a little bit right. to sort of say yes you are doing something right okay you are, progressing. Are you, you are progressing I don't know this isn't what you were expecting right but keep doing the thing you're doing and, right. and I'll push you in the right direction right um, yeah and that, and that seems to work no, no one's got stuck there and everyone kind of gets the story
1: okay alright well that was interesting so the game is like you're almost
0: done is that right I think it is done I think unless, so I've got a bit of some friends testing it this week yep. while I'm at GDC. So as long as they don't come back with anything major, I think it's done. Okay. And I think um, I had this thing uh, a week ago. I just did like a quick patch release, but you must build. But I hadn't touched it for a while. Right. It was weird. It was. I've been making this game these like really dark, tragic heartbreaking yep. difficult stuff for a long time and I don't think I quite realised how much it was like, affecting me personally really yeah and I went back to You Must have a boat, which is like a super happy right upbeat right. fun cute game oh it was it was so I was just like a, a minor change but it just felt so good <laughs> right right and it was, it was it was very it was very eye opening right so the thing I've been scared about half scared about telling people, half saying this is a huge selling point is it's three hours ish. Yes. It's a short game. Yeah. Uh, which for some people like me is like a big yeah, so yeah, is a big selling point. That's why but, I
1: played something like Gorgola or mm, whatever, yeah. right? Like it's in that sweet spot. So anyway, uh, yeah.
0: But it turns out it like it was a six story, which I cut, is because it is three hours by necessity. Mm-hmm. It's quite dark, it's quite hard work. Some parts are difficult. hmm we have a payoff at the end, I think if you had four hours of, of dark stuff... It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, sure. Right. So, by design, the game's... Because do you hope people are going to f- do it in one sitting, or...? It doesn't need to be in one sitting. It, I, I know, by experimentation, there's a point in the game, and if you get to that, you're there for the whole game. Right, sure. Okay. And been showing off at trade shows mm-hmm. like I've, I've had to kick people off and it's like come you've been playing for an hour and a half now I need, to, right. <laughs> I, need, I, I need someone else to play sure so yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in that at least right that people get to the end people see the end and they will connect with the end Yeah.
1: okay cool
0: yeah right. well good luck
1: thanks man um I, I have one question more question about uh 10 million slash mm. you must be a boat which I just remember I forgot to ask which is um when you um when you make a match and mm. you drop down new cubes. Yeah. Or, 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 well, okay, this may no longer be appropriate because this was something there was something really interesting about Puzzle Quest, um, which was how they dealt with randomness. Right. Um, because it turned out that humans just will not accept the AI ever mm-hmm. getting lucky. Yeah. So do you know about this? Yep. Okay. So basically for the, the listeners, um the uh it's okay for the for you to get lucky with the new gems that fall down, and like if you just randomly get like a, a, a you know you match three vertically and you get three more and they're gonna be lined up and like uh, you know they they explode that's totally fine. But if that happens to the AI, mm-hmm. the AI is cheating. The game is screwing you over. Like that's totally not okay. So the designers of Puzzle Quest basically on purpose made it so that the AI would never get lucky. Yeah, right. Which is like so they they are messing with the game, but they're messing with the game. In your favor, basically. Yes, uh,
0: yes. And so That's I was to just answer curious, your question.
1: Yeah. So I was just curious if like you had you dealt with this kind of like dark art. The of, answer is like, you
0: never get unlucky. You never get unlucky. Mm. Okay. So we we, uh, we spawn things. Uh, and then before it gets to your screen, we look at what you're doing. What's on in your inventory? Okay. Uh, what tiles have you got? Is this fair? Right. Right, and if not, we'll switch to something else. Okay, so like if a chest is coming
1: and like- and you've got just, no keys. There's just no way you're gonna get to a key, mm-hmm. like
0: it... it- It will swap it to a monster. Okay. And uh, so there, there are loads of stuff like that where we just sort of design little tweaks, say, I wanna make this feel good. Uh, I was worried that people would exploit it, so there is like exploit protection to sort of say, have you done this a bunch of times in a row? I think you're cheating.
1: Okay, I, uh, I don't
0: think anyone's ever done that or noticed, but it was important to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to know whether it's worthwhile like implementing that or not, mm-hmm. or waiting, but
0: uh, sometimes it just bugs you. But yeah, you. That,
1: w- that is a bad
0: feeling, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Where you get something and there's nothing you can do about it, so I just try to minimize that. Right. And then you've got to rebalance around that because you've made the game easier. Right, so you have sure. to go make stuff harder to compensate for it. Right
1: you're trying to protect from the like the real deep lows mm, right
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's okay if you see that chest on your screen and you're fighting a monster and you matched all your keys and now you're there with nothing it's your fault it's your fault yeah mm-hmm. but if it goes there and you feel like it, you should it's not your fault that's not good yeah
1: okay cool yeah it's just this is like one of those interesting details it's like kind of fun to talk about um, all right cool so the question I used to finish with is why do you make
0: games you know like why is this what you've you've decided to do so uh, it's a difficult question for me actually because i got into games because like my identity as a human being is a gamer like video games mm-hmm. uh my, my personal identity now is like 90% dad okay 10% game developer it's it's less important to me now than it was yeah um but i don't know i think I feel like maybe you shouldn't say but so I think it's reality, you have different priorities. Right. Um, and yeah, the, so for photographs that I'm doing now is really a game about empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is something that's more serious because I want, I want people to connect with other people and think about other people, and that might not be why I make games in five years' time. Right. It's not why I made games five years ago. Right, uh, but at least that's where I am now Right. Uh, so games have a power to connect people
2: mm-hmm.
0: I want people to talk about my games to each other mm-hmm. not just say hey this is a great game check it out but right. hey here's this experience I had uh, and I think that's, that's been the constant at least right. in, in the games uh, that I've done. This one is a bit more, photographs is a bit more on the nose because it has multiple endings and I expect people to play different endings and then go to their friends and say i chose i chose the athlete the like, mm-hmm. athlete are you kidding right no and then you know, go to bat for their their preferred story but again it's still about connecting people
1: right
2: cool. hmm.
1: all right well uh, thanks for the discussion yeah and, thanks uh, for having me yeah, I think people people enjoy it hmm.